Paul Ross. There is a place I'd give the world to see Where the music's softly playing And the rhythm's gently swaying Underneath the stars in a million bars Guitars are softly saying Mexico it's been the longest time since I've spoken to my pal John Bonfiglio. He's a Central American correspondent supreme. He's also based in Mexico. You often hear his voice, his dulcet tones, along with Martin Kellner on the weekend over that show. But he's with us now because, well, a disappointed day, to put it mildly, for the Mexican national side. Uh, John, good morning, by the way. I hope you're well. I think for the first time since 1990, they're not going through to the knockout stages, which kind of played that well with the fans at home, I wouldn't have thought, John. Good morning, and I hope you're well, John. Good morning, Paul. Good to, good to hear from you as well. Yeah, uh, the first time in eight World Cups that Mexico has not made it through to the last 16. I guess what's different today is that people, I mean, fundamentally, Mexico needed something in the region of a, depending on the way that the, the match has played out, a four-goal turnaround. And nobody in Mexico, the 120 million people in Mexico, ever expected them to achieve or even get close. But the thing is that at the beginning of the second half with Argentina 1-0 up against Poland and Mexico 2-0 up against Saudi Arabia, suddenly it seemed as though the impossible was on cards and for about 45 minutes, uh, that yeah. the full 120 million people were all, uh, with bated breath, fully uh, concentrated on and obsessed with what was taking place in Qatar. Uh, but then, of course, as always tends to happen with Mexico, sadly they got close, but no cigar. Of course, there was also the, um, the physical um, nature of their game against Argentina, which had Saudi Arabia not been scored, that may well have cost them the place anyway, because it was going to come down to yellow cards, which would have been, I mean, deeply, so deeply, I mean, it was the fairest decision if you're basing it on that, but what a deeply frustrating way not to go through to the World Cup. It's almost better, I suppose, in footballing terms, that Saudi Arabia actually scored. You're absolutely right. There was, there was, a, it was a period of about 15 minutes where Mexico were not going through on the FIFA fair play rule, um, and then Saudi Arabia scored again and then made it made that point irrelevant because of the, the goal difference. But that is exactly what everybody suddenly was talking about uh, for that for that short period of time. One of those conversations that you know nobody really wants to have, because if it comes down to something like that, then, uh, you know, that is the thinnest of margins. Uh, absolutely. So everybody here now, uh, as of a few hours ago, Mexico is very much on a. Uh, on a downer and doesn't really know where to go next and, and, and where to look in, in a footballing sense. And perhaps uh, predictably, they're also looking for a new coach, we understand, because although he was, you know, his contract, um, he's not being fired, but his contract isn't being renewed, we understand. Perfectly, I suppose, predictable and understandable reasons, i.e. they've not made it through to the knockout stages. Yeah, I mean, about as obvious. I mean, I guess the only surprise is that that's been leaked or announced this early on after after the match but I guess the reason behind it is because it's a kind of damage limitation thing that uh, the, the, the Mexican Football Association don't really want to be fielding that many you know that much interest as regards the coach so they've let that be known now to try and take a little bit of the sting out of the tail but given the as you well know Paul the passions uh, that exist in a footballing sense in Latin America and, and very specifically in Mexico that the sting that's going to be taken out of the tail with that announcement is very very minor and this the autopsy the post-mortem of this uh significantly disappointing uh, mexican campaign at the world cup is going to run and run okay now we know there's an awful lot of coffee in brazil but is it time for mexican football fans to maybe as they say wake up and smell the coffee and face the fact that although they you know a fantastically enthusiastic sporting nation and um, with some amazing individual players in the world cup they've always one might say woefully underperformed given their potential 
I mean, no, no, nobody here is going to thank me for saying it, but I think we have to face up to the fact that despite all the passion, and as you say correctly, that despite the fact that they have some, have had some and continue to have some fantastic footballing talent, they are nowhere near the scale, level and depth of teams like Brazil and Argentina. And the reality is that Mexico will continue to be a, whisper it, second tier footballing nation until something drastically changes in terms of funding, infrastructure, mentality and, and so on. Uh, at some point, uh, you know, if they really want to progress and, and make the big step forward, the big leap forward, then something infrastructurally fundamentally needs to change. And currently there is no evidence of that uh, happening. OK, so is this something that um, Mexicans are almost resigned about? Or will there be the kind of uproar we've seen and possibly even repercussions for even players or whatever that have happened in uh, you know, countries further south into, the, into South America where things have ended very badly even for some players? Um, I, I don't think so. I mean, Mexico's the, the passion, the footballing passions in Mexico definitely run high, but there is not the uh, the, the same sort of, uh, I guess, infrastructure that would uh, lead to, say, the death of a footballer and and um, and so on. Um, there are the, not, there aren't those links between the sporting uh, the sporting world and the football world, and if you like, organised crime. So I don't think we can expect that at all. But what we can certainly expect is is the fact that uh, everybody here, in terms of, I guess, sort of rational outlook, um, have very much has the blinkers on in terms of the expectations as regards the Mexican footballing side. And for it to be a, uh, for there to be a serious, long, hard look at what takes place and what needs to happen, uh, I think people really need to take a back step uh, and, a, and, a, and a proper look at the infrastructure, which, again, uh, I see currently no signs of really taking place. It's, it, looks, it seems to me, again, even with rhetoric today, as they were going to begin a new footballing cycle soon, and the same uh, hopes and dreams are going to run into the next four-year cycle, but without any fundamental differences being in place. I wonder whether the performance this time around might um, affect any decision as to whether or not Mexico would host the, the World Cup final next time around. It'll be the third time I think they've done so, because, of course, it's, it's going to North America overall, isn't it, next time around. I wonder whether that would be factored into it, or whether it's simply the fact that, out of fairness or some kind of luck of the draw, Mexico might end up with it. Yeah, that's an interesting point for, for a couple of reasons. For sure, it, it perpetuates FIFA's current um, current uh, like for uh, spreading tournaments across a variety of different countries. But also, it, it's important to note, I think, contextually, that the most important football matches in Mexico do not actually take place in Mexico, even with the Mexico national team. They take place in the USA among the diaspora there for partly security, but also economic reasons. So uh, for those reasons alone, I cannot see the World Cup final being held here. Um, and also, I guess, in terms of development as well, because where the likes of FIFA are particularly interested in developing the game is actually north of the border. And, and that's why the three countries sure. have been chosen together. It's to get uh, Latin support to really flow north of the border and continue growing the sport there, because uh, a huge, a, a massive uh, majority of sporting fans in the in the in the u.s uh soccer league are latin american and we've also got costa rica to consider i mean they're involved in this fiendishly complicated and any of the four teams in that group can still go through as top teams costa rica are above germany points wise they've got germany today though now they had a, a woeful thrashing by spain i think it was seven nil but then they beat japan and germany are to say they're underperforming is a bit like saying that water's wet so while germany have a way of getting through these things again that must be fantastically exciting for costa rican fans 
yeah, and Costa Rica doesn't have, in the same way as Germany, as you say, Costa Rica doesn't have the, the mental strength and history to draw on in terms of them achieving this kind of thing. But I think, I think in a Latin American sense and context, the two big, uh, positive stories for sure that nobody expected anything of at all are Ecuador and Costa Rica. I mean, everybody expected both of those to lose all of their matches really in the group stages and then go out early, but Ecuador significantly under, under uh, overperformed. I mean, their draw against the Netherlands was absolutely massive and they were really unlucky to go out. And equally, Costa as you say, with their win over Japan, was absolutely seismic for for a nation the size of Costa Rica, with the infrastructure of Costa Rica, and the very fact that they are still in with a shout in this last round of games uh, is a really massive uh, pro and positive for Costa Rica football, Costa Rican football, and the Costa Rican nation. And, and overall, in those two countries, I mean, we've only got a couple of minutes left, so I'm asking an awful lot of you. But I mean, what is the current state of, say, Mexico as far as? government goes, as far as crime goes, as far as all those things that concern, that often are focused on negatively outside of Mexico. I know there are other, there are good news stories coming from Mexico as well, and there are things that are improving, I'm sure, but what is the current state of Mexican, Mexico politically, would you say, John? I think it's the same uh, as it has been for probably the last 10, 15 years or so, in the sense that uh, uh, everything that takes place in Mexico, whatever the state of politics, whatever the state of the of the cartels uh, and organized crime and and the economy and so on they are uh, it is fundamentally at the mercy of supply and demand up to the US so uh, if something uh, needs to change or is is uh, people want to fundamentally change the, um, the the fundamentals of then something needs to happen with that up there and it is not in the gift of Mexico to really change that so sadly tragically um, Mexico rumbles on with uh, significant numbers of, of deaths a day in terms of cartel violence, uh, in terms of organized crime and so on with corruption and, and political infighting. And yeah, that, that is not likely to change again and, until there is some fundamental infrastructural change relating to uh, all of that, uh, which again at the moment is not on the landscape as far as anybody can see. Fantastic stuff as ever from our pal John Monfiglio. Catch up at the weekends with Martin Kellner and Casey with me, Paul Ross. Always miss our conversations. John, stay safe, matey. And that was John Bonfiglio talking to me, Paul, and you guys on Talk Sports and Talk Radio, where we're live till five. And more. Warming up next with